Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to episode 318 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. So, it's been a couple of weeks since you've been on. What have you been up to? Still kind of some of the same things, finishing some of those. I'm nearing the end, I think, of Psychonauts 2. Cool. Um, still quite a good game. I did switch on the... There's an accessibility option for... Uh, I think it's called Story Combat, which makes... It just makes combat a bit better, I think, and, right. and sort of flow a bit better. Some quite good accessibility options on the game, though, for those that are maybe less able to do certain things and I, I like the way that Double Fine has uh, thought about some of those as well. Um, some of those things I think most games should have. I remember when The Last of Us 2 came out last year and that had loads and loads and loads of accessibility options like uh, colorblind things and yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. Nobody should have to miss out on games just because if they're less able to do certain things. Yeah. So I think that's really good because there's other options in Psychonauts 2 like no fall damage which I was tempted to turn on because I do that by accident sometimes. Uh, but I, I left that off. And then there's one for like invincibility, but I didn't turn those two on. It was just the combat thing. I think the combat is perhaps the weakest part of the game. Although when I've since I've turned the option on, it sort of flowed a lot better and been a lot smoother. A couple of the strongest aspects of the game, the platforming is really smooth and really quite good to traverse on the game and everything. The animations are really good for that. Like the way that Raz moves around is really good. And the characters and the story are the two other things mm-hmm. you're you're really there for. Yeah, I'm up to the part where you're collecting those seeds. I think you might know which. Right. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. talking about. I think it's really good overall. Just think it's got a few little issues. Did you feel any of that? Yeah, I think that is somewhat fair. Certainly in terms of the combat, I think yeah, it's a platformer, and a lot of it is sort of puzzle solving and that sort of thing. And maybe the combat is a little bit on the weaker side compared to something which is a completely combat focused thing but there are a lot of different options you can try and play around with with his various different skills and some of the combat is just sort of manic there is a a level where sort of a gaming cookery show which i found particularly difficult just because it's timed you've got to kind of get these ingredients into different areas in in a certain time that was particularly difficult just because of the shortness of the time you had to get certain things into certain locations but it's incredibly inventive 
and every level is slightly different. They've mm. got like the bowling ball level, like you say, I really enjoyed. I thought that was great. There's a wonderful level, which is based around a sort of rock concert, which was really good fun and all kind of psychedelic and stuff. So I like the fact that they've got lots of different styles in that game and there's lots of different options. Yeah, there are certain things like some of the combat isn't necessarily the best, but I think it's certainly workable and usable. And there are options, like you say, to turn things down and tweak yeah, which is things, good. Yeah. which is good. So if you just want to go through and enjoy the story, and it is worth playing through literally just for the story, you're not great at those sorts of platforming stuff and particularly the combat side of things. You can like dampen that down a bit, which allows you just to run through and play through the story, which is great. I can't remember. I think I played it through just on the normal settings. I don't think I turned any of the other stuff on as far as I remember, but, um, okay. but I really enjoyed enjoyed it i i really love that game i think tim schaefer's stuff is incredibly inventive and very very enjoyable to play through so i very much enjoyed mm-hmm. that yeah i mean yeah you, you certainly can't deny the, the level of creativity and variety yeah that's certainly like one of the game's other strengths as well because mm-hmm. uh, almost every mind that you go into is a totally different type of level uh, yeah. which makes sense because everyone's got like a different thing on their mind so yes that was pretty good watched the season finale for uh, C yesterday which is the eighth episode of season two really really fantastic episode pulled out a few heartstrings I mean it's one of them shows where yes people are going to die and yes there is people that die in that episode I'm not going to say who obviously but I thought it was uh, quite heartbreaking in uh, certain places that damn queen character. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. I was sort of realizing something because they do this battle sequence thing in episode eight, right? It's like a big climactic finale type yeah. of thing. And as I was watching this battle happen, not only was I impressed with how it was going, and obviously you've got sighted versus unsighted people or a bit, a bit of a mixture of the two. And seeing like all the different tactics that get put into place, how the sighted people fight, how the aligned people fight, especially Jason's character. I started thinking this is kind of Apple's Game of Thrones in a it way. Is. It, it's yeah. very much got that. It's got that political side of things where people are trying to fight and go to war over territory. And although there's not an iron throne to fight over, there is territories and queens and, and that sort of thing. So it's got that Game of Thrones thing to it. No dragons, obviously, in, in, no. in this particular one. But, uh, but no, it was kind of what I expected from the second season especially from the finale I do think the previous two episodes did have a lot of build up to it but the build up was paid off very well which is what a season finale is meant to do I noticed something as well about the way that not just the way that people fight in the show but the way people get killed if you notice the way that people try to kill each other in that show it's always either a cut to the neck in yeah. some way, shape or form, like most of the time, or it's a sword straight through the chest, Yeah, which obviously is very, very fatal. And the other way they usually try and fight is, I, I've noticed with, uh, I think it's Bubba Voss, which is Jason's character, he'll sort of like crouch, walk along the floor, he'll do this thing with his sword where he mm-hmm. goes from left to right so he can hear or sense the ground or whatever in front of him. And he does a lot of these sort of, not slide tackles in the way that footballers do it, but these sort of sweeps with, with the legs. Yes. That's quite cool as well. But it's the way he sort of sets himself up for it. And then oftentimes what he'll do, he'll sort of do a leg sweep and then he'll hear where the person's body's landed and he'll go straight over to them and try to do this like stab movement. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed the way they fight and it's uh, pretty good. Yeah. I did notice in uh, in one of the episodes, Dave Batista's character, he sort of fights in a somewhat similar way, but I, I noticed he does a lot of these sort of like he'll 
flip people over or like slam certain people. Yeah. Almost because he used to be a wrestler, didn't he? Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's probably some sort of like remix of wrestling moves or something. I, I remember when I watched Army of the Dead where he was like the main character mm-hmm. and he did that a couple of times with zombies. He did like he did like body slams and all this kind of uh, <laughs> cool stuff. But hey, he's got the experience of that. So why not use that in a in something where he's fighting? Yeah. Whether it's zombies or, or people. But uh, no, I, I was really happy with it. I think it's already got a uh, third season renewal. The way that they set up the third season, I could see it potentially being the last. Don't think that's been confirmed or whatever, but just just the way it's set up, I don't know. I think it would make sense to do it as almost like a three season story. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you said you're a little bit behind. I'm at the build up to the war, so I'm a little bit behind on it, but I am very much enjoying it. I think, like you say, it is very much their sort of Game of Thrones type thing, although mm-hmm. you know, no dragons and no Iron Throne. But I would like at some point to try and get the stunt people and the production designer of that show onto mm-hmm. the behind the scenes podcast because i find the setup for how they've built things like the towns and some of the decisions they made for how a society who is blind navigate and some of the decisions they made in in the movements and like you say the fight sequences i find fascinating because there's a lot of thought gone into if you can't see how do you fight and how would somebody find where something is if you can't see it you know Mm. rather than writing they do things by tying knots into pieces of string and stuff which is a way of passing messages and the maps and things are all kind of raised and stuff and there's so there's all sorts of interesting little bits and pieces in the production design of it as well as the movement choreography stuff that they do in it generally as well as the stunt sequences i'd be very interested to know a little bit more about how they came up with all that sort of stuff but i love the production design of it i love the the look of it I think it's a really interesting idea it's Dave Bautista was a great addition for sort of playing the opposite of Baba Voss in this series as Baba's brother it's just a really well put together show so it is back for a third season as well so I am looking forward to seeing it continue and if they decide that they are going to end it after three seasons that's fine as long as they come to that decision on their own and not get cancelled I have no problem if they wanted to do it as a limited run as I say I don't think that's been confirmed in any way shape or form but you know we'll see where it goes yeah it's just one of them things where i don't want the show to sort of get too popular and apple like okay give this loads of seasons one of the reasons i'm bringing that up is ted lasso which just finished its second season Mm -hmm. won won a bunch of emmys did really well loads of people are talking about it really popular show and i remember a little while ago when i was reading about it obviously because i have a podcast on the show and everything person behind it said it was built for three seasons and one of the reasons was because of Jason's availability right and I remember towards the end of the second season like around episode 9 10 11 and I started seeing a few articles pop up from loads of different places that Apple might want to try and do more seasons and I just thought okay if you've got an idea for three seasons and that third season also has been kind of set up for a last season in the way that it's ended if you've got an idea for that don't try and just milk it because it's popular Make it effective and just end it when you feel like you actually want to. Because mm. you can still go on and make other shows and make them popular and things. don't know if Apple's going to be starting to do that kind of stuff because some of their shows are getting into
into second, third seasons sort of yeah. thing. I just don't want them to sort of do what certain networks do, which is, hey, let's just keep renewing this because it's popular. We shall see. I know what you mean about shows that just kind of get milked to death. The only show that I think has managed to pull that off successfully was, and I mean, people will argue about this, Supernatural, which went on for 15 seasons and was designed as a five-season arc by Eric Kripke. Got to the end of the five seasons, the CW didn't want it to go anywhere, so uh, Eric left and they handed it over to somebody else and then it went on for 10 more seasons and kind of got away with it. And it's the only show that I can think of that has really managed to hold it together for a ridiculous length of time after what the original planned arc was. It's Mm. very rare that that actually happens. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. If it was planned for a three-season arc, it's like Breaking Bad. You know, Breaking Bad kind of, they had a story that they wanted to tell and it had to get to the end of it. That's the way that you should do television, really. Yeah, absolutely. They have got a new show, the um, Ted Lasso guys, coming up, which we'll uh, mention a bit later. So it's possible that they are doing three seasons and then they'll shift on to something else. So for me, gaming-wise, I'm still playing through Medieval Dynasty, which we talked a bit about last week. I'm kind of getting to the point with that where things are kind of set up and running quite well. You know, I've got my little village going. The issue that game has is there's kind of a lull in the middle of it because the whole point of it is you play this surf that turns up at this village, you get given a plot of land, you've got to set up your own village, grow it, add more villages to it. But the whole idea is it's called Medieval Dynasty, so you are supposed to get your character married and have a child. The problem is that there is a very big gap in between and not much to do between you setting up the initial village, growing it, getting married, having the child. Then obviously that child starts off as being born and got to wait until it's 18 years old and your character dies and then you start playing as the child character. That takes quite a long time in game because the game has three days per season and I'm not sure how long a day is, but that's quite a lot of time to get through and there isn't necessarily enough other stuff to do to stop it getting horrendously repetitive there's farming stuff you can do but it gets very very repetitive it needs a little bit more kind of content in there it's certainly a fun game and i've got quite a lot of hours in it but once you get to everything kind of up and running it's like well what do i do now so i've kind of put that down for a little bit i might go back to it at some point so i've left that for the moment and i'm back playing evil genius 2 i'm playing through that again because there's a whole bunch of dlc come out for that which i haven't had a chance to play through yet so i'm messing around with that right now in terms of tv cobra Cyber War came back. Well, Cyber War is the second season of Cobra, which is based around the UK government. It's got Robert Carlyle as prime minister, and uh, it's them dealing with various different crises. In Cyber War, it begins with a natural disaster. Well, semi-natural disaster. It's a, basically a tsunami that hits the coast of the UK, although it's set off by this explosion in the sea caused by a boat that had been sunk in the Second World War and it's full of munitions and it ends up blowing up. That's not really giving a huge amount away because I think it's fairly obvious that's going to happen. 
that causes various chain of events. There's also an assassination that happens very, very early on as well. And then there is a cyber attack, hence the name Cyber War. So there is this whole bunch of things that kind of hit together at the same time. Uh, I've watched the first three episodes of it because they are up on demand. There are, I think, six episodes in the season, but they've held off putting the second three up on demand due to recent events in uh, the news. So I don't know what happens in those last three episodes, but they've obviously decided it's probably more sensitive to not put those out right now, which I entirely understand. Maybe one of the MP characters gets killed off or something? There is a distinct possibility of that. There's a lot of civil unrest in the show, and I would think that's probably something to do with it. Mm. My guess is what they're going to end up doing is, I mean, it's going out weekly on Sky Max. My guess is what they will do is they will put it up in a couple of weeks when they get to actually airing that episode. Or it could be that they end up delaying it for a little bit longer. Don't know yet. But the first three episodes are up on demand right now. That is worth going to watch. It is a very interesting, well-written drama, that. So definitely worth going to watch. That's uh, Cobra's Cyber War. That is up on Sky On Demand right now. I also watched the first episode of Reservation Dogs, which is an FX show in the US. It's going out on Star on Disney Plus over here. It's from uh, Sterling Hydro and Kito Ahiti. It follows four indigenous teenagers in rural Oklahoma on their reservation as they spend their days committing crime and fighting it in an effort to get to California. The opening episode is kind of interesting. There isn't a huge amount that goes on. It's really sort of setting up a lot of the characters. So introducing the main kind of four people, as well as some of the recurring cast as well. It is exactly what it says. It's these four indigenous teens who are basically stealing things to try and get enough money together because they want to get out of the reservation and get away from everything, get to California, and basically in the first episode come to the conclusion that maybe they should hang around for a little bit longer and try and help the people in the reservation rather than just running away and abandoning everything. That first episode is very much setting up what the rest of the show will be. So I've only watched the first episode. I want to reserve judgment on it until I've seen a little bit more of it. But I wasn't quite feeling that first episode. It felt a little too much of trying to set everything up without telling that much of a story. And there are sort of trademark bits of Takita Wahiti's kind of speech in there which are quite funny and you can sort of tell those bits which are, I think are written by him but I don't know it didn't quite land with me that first episode but as I say there's a lot of setting up there so I want to see a little bit more of it and see where it goes the other thing I came back to was Another Life which returned for its second season Another Life if you haven't caught it is a sci-fi which is on Netflix stars Katie Sackhoff and it's about this group that are sent on this mission to go and talk to these aliens who have landed this object on Earth and they work out where it's come from and this crew are sent to try and make contact with the aliens and establish first contact and see whether they're friendly or not. And uh, the first season establishes that quite possibly they're not friendly and really the second season sort of picks up almost exactly as the first season ended. It could have done with a slightly better recap. There is a recap in the trailer section on Netflix. 
and I was a little bit lost when it first started. But yeah, I mean, overall, it is a perfectly reasonable sci-fi. It's the type of thing that I would call a Canadian sci-fi series in the vein of things like Dark Matter or those sort of lesser budget, perfectly solid, perfectly fun sci-fi series that tend to come out of Canada. It's in that sort of level of stuff. It's got a good enough cast. It's interesting and different and it is that sort of pure sci-fi. I am quite enjoying watching through the second season of that. They do have a quite a turnover of cast in it because along with the crew that are sort of out crewing the ship, they then have a bunch of backup crew which are in suspended animation in the ship. So somebody gets killed off and they just wake somebody else up. So you have this weird turnover of like, oh no, they're dead. Quick, wake up the other engineer, you know? <laughs> which I just find really funny. Because like the first season had Tyler Hoechlin in it, who, um, I mean, spoilers for the first season, but gets killed off, obviously, because he's now Superman. So obviously he wouldn't be that mm-hmm. for the second season. But there was various people that were in the first season. And it's like, uh, oh, that's, oh, and they're dead. Uh, <laughs> and then the second season has kind of continued that trend of like, there's been various people that have shown up and like, oh, and they're dead. And uh, they've woken somebody else up. So they seem to have like an entire backup crew of people in this ship, which is just find very, very funny. It's fun and enjoyable. I'm about three episodes into the second season of that, but it is all up on Netflix. Did you watch any of that? No, I never I never got around to that. I think my dad saw the first season of, of that show. He said it was pretty good or all right sort of thing. Yeah, so. I think that's the thing. It was a bit of a surprise when it got renewed because... Everybody's reaction to the he first season. He was surprised season, when I told him, yeah. Yeah, everybody's reaction to the first season was, oh, that was fun enough. It wasn't like, oh, that's amazing. It should really come back. It was sort of, oh, well, that was okay. I quite enjoyed that. It was distracting for a little bit. And, you know, it was good enough sci-fi. I mean, Netflix have cancelled so many things for so much less, but presumably it must be getting numbers for, yeah, yeah. You know, or it's getting enough numbers and it's cheap enough to produce. I don't know. Because, I mean, a lot of it is set inside the ship. So maybe it's just a fairly cheap show to do. I don't know. But it made it back for a second season. We'll see if it makes it to a third. But it's called Another Life and the second season is all up on uh, Netflix right now. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. <laughs> 
on Twitter that it had been cancelled. They are determined to try and find it a new home. I mean, whether that happens or not, we don't know. But it's interesting. I was reading the reactions when I posted that it had been cancelled and people were sort of saying, yeah, I love the comic book. Don't think the TV show quite managed to capture it. I've been enjoying the episodes of that that I've seen so far. I think I've seen the first three. I think it's a really interesting idea. I think it works quite well. But it's a shame, really, that mm. I don't that I, I think it's possibly one of those that had a lot more to give and maybe it's not quite found an audience yet for them, but it sort of maybe needs a little bit more time. But yeah. I think I saw five episodes, four or five, something like that. It's funny because yesterday I was gonna finish the episode of C and then watch Wild Last Man and then I found out that it got cancelled and I was like, Okay, I won't watch the episode yet then. What I'll probably do is see if it gets a new home and then if it does I'll carry on with it, but mm. then but we'll see. I mean, it is an interesting show because there is one male character basically, I mean, after that first episode, because I mean the entire premise of the show is he is the only male human left alive. So not only on screen is it mainly female characters, it is also behind the camera as well. It is almost entirely run by female producers and directors and showrunners and all that sort of stuff as well. So it is a very female-led show, which is not something you see that much. I think it's different and interesting, and I would like to see more of it. So I, I hope it gets a new home somewhere else. It screams as something that, Netflix could possibly rescue. Mm. But I was surprised that FX on Hulu decided not to continue that. But again, I don't know whether it's a numbers versus the money thing or I, I'm i not sure. Because it's on streaming services, we don't know what the numbers are like. But you kind of assume that the reason that it's not got renewed is it's not finding enough eyes for it. But who knows? Yeah. In terms of renewals, we've got quite a few this week. Uh, you has already been renewed for a fourth season. That was announced before the third season came out, which is out running now. So that will be back. I'm still way behind on that. I'm, I'm on the I'm on the second season yeah so. I've, I've got the second season to get through as well I'm way way behind on that Jack Ryan also got a fourth season renewal before the third season has even aired that's supposed to be coming out next year probably early-ish next year for the third season because they only finished filming it a couple of weeks ago so um, hmm. that will be back for a fourth season and uh, they've announced Michael Peña is joining the cast for the fourth season which is never a bad thing because Michael Peña is great so yeah, yeah I really really like that show so I'm, I'm looking forward to some more of it. Me definitely. too, definitely. Upright, which is the Tim Minchin road trip comedy drama, uh, they announced that's been renewed for a second season. The first season of that went in, out in like 2019. So that's been like a long, long time coming in announcing a renewal for that. But uh, then we have had a pandemic in the middle of it. So, you know, I think we can forgive yeah. them that. Plus, it's got about five different production companies involved in it from various different places around the world. So it's one of those ones that had to go out in a whole bunch of different territories before they all agree to renew it. That is going to be coming back. That's upright. So that's good news. And a couple of things from DC Fandom, which of course was this weekend. Uh, we will get onto some more DC Fandom news in a minute, but uh, there were some renewals in there. Titans and Doom Patrol both renewed for season four. Doom Patrol season three premieres Sunday the 14th of November on Stars Play in the UK. And Titans, we don't have a date for, but it's probably going to be January 2022 on Netflix because it's been January every year for every season so far. So I would assume it's going to be January again. They also 
also announced that Pennyworth is actually back filming its third season, so has got a third season. And um, in the US, it's moving from Epics to HBO Max. That also airs on Stars Play in the UK. In the US, it will be moving to be a HBO Max original rather than running on Epics where it was before, which kind of makes sense because it is a DC show. Yeah, but yeah. I'm a little bit behind on Pennyworth as well. I think I've I think I've done the first season. I want to watch the second season. I, I got halfway through season one. I think like four episodes or something. Mm-hmm. So Titans has been really good this season. I've been um, catching up with that with some of the press access. So I've been really really enjoying that. That mm-hmm. certainly the move to Gotham has made a huge difference to it, and it's really tightened things up. I think they're handling the characters much better this time around. I'll be very interested to see where that actually ends, but certainly been really enjoying that. I think they've done a really good job. Doom Patrol, I have got access to some of the episodes of that, but I haven't watched it yet. 14th of November for season three of that. And I love Doom Patrol. It's wonderfully bonkers. So uh, I'm very happy to see that come back for another season as well. In terms of pickups and other news, there have been a few pickup announcements. Uh, Sci-Fi has picked up Day of the Dead, which is a new series which pays homage to George A. Romero's famous flesh-eating zombies. Intense story of six strangers trying to survive the first 24 hours of an undead invasion. So it's another zombie show for you, Matt. <laughs> that will cool. be coming to Sci-Fi UK. Nice. Who runs that in uh, the US? It's sci-Fi as well. It is actually a Sci-Fi show in the US as well, and it's going to be on Sci-Fi UK. Oh, apparently. Right, okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's from Abbott Street Films and Cartel Entertainment, who are the people that run Creep Show. Hmm. We'll be interested to see how that goes down. I mean, the fact that it's a Sci-Fi series, I'm, I'm not holding out too much hope of it being particularly great, but we'll see. Mm. I'll give it a try. You know, it's a different zombie show and I like to see different zombie stories from different places. Yes. All I can do is give it a try. Yeah. They've also picked up the Chucky series for Sky. We don't know exactly when that's going to land. It's likely to be around December, I think. And they're talking about running that on Sky Max, but none of that is actually confirmed yet. The Chucky series, obviously based on the movies about a creepy homicidal little doll that comes to life. Mm. That's running on sci-fi in the US as well, but that has been picked up by Sky to come later this year. So um, I've seen some of the Chucky movies, I think, but I saw, not for very I saw long the 2019 time. one, right, uh, with Audrey Plaza. I think it, she was in that. Which I think this show is supposed to be a sequel to it or something. I can't remember, right? Because um, they ordered a film, which was the one I just mentioned, and a series at the same time. And I remember being confused okay. as to like how that was going to work, but don't really know. Yeah, sort of a bit like evil Toy Story in a way yes it's a concept that is quite interesting obviously with Toy Story you got a group and with Chucky you just got one I should go check out some of the other uh, Chucky films but uh, the TV series might be might be a decent way to do it uh, that's on sci-fi as well isn't it in the US yeah Chucky's been around for years I mean the first time he showed up was in the Child's Play movie was the first film so I mean he's been around for a very 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 long time I have seen some of the earlier ones but yes I mean I may watch that I may not you know what I'm like with horror I'm not a huge horror fan, but that could be quite an interesting one. 
So that's due to land later this year somewhere on Sky. And Family Guy has been ripped away from ITV2. It's season 20 is going to be premiering 3rd of November on Disney+, Plus, which, again, shouldn't come as a huge surprise because it's owned by Disney. So that was kind of inevitable. They did yeah. the same with American Dad, although American Dad always used to premiere on Fox. So Family Guy is now going to be exclusive to Disney Plus as well, which, like I say, shouldn't come as a huge shock. But Wednesday, 3rd of November, that is landing for season mm-hmm. 20 on there. I guess ITV will have to do another game show or they'll have to do <laughs> another crime show or they'll have to do another reality dating show or something. Yes, yes to replace probably. It. Yes. Uh, <laughs> they're a funny little channel. I mean, they got Philip and Holly on there. They're, they're really good people. Every now and then I'll watch one of their crime shows, but I don't really watch anything else on, apart from Superstore, which ended months ago anyway. Yeah. They do pick up random imports. Like you say, Superstore they picked up. They used to run Supernatural for a bit and then it kind of got chucked around to like E4 who treated it horribly. And then they picked up Roswell, New Mexico and ran the first two seasons of that, but the third season's nowhere to be found. So it's weird. They do pick up these sort of random teen dramery things and it's an odd channel that but yeah the rest of it like you say is sort of reality tv and game shows it's very strange on to some other news and as i mentioned earlier dc fandom was this weekend which is their big event talking about all sorts of uh, different stuff coming out from dc so covering the comic books and the video games and the tv and the movies and just basically everything dc it was a three and a half hour live stream there was quite a good mix of stuff in the the reason that most people were watching it as I think they realised was for the Batman trailer because there was a new Batman trailer in there for the Batman and they obviously kept that until right at the very end to make sure that people stayed and watched the entire thing but there were some other interesting bits and pieces that came out Uh, we'll go through the different areas separately the games to start off with they dropped the story trailer for Gotham Knights which is one of the new games and the other one is Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. They dropped story trailers for that as well. Gotham Knights looks interesting because it's all based around the Court of Owls, which I thought was kind of intriguing. What did you think of those? I didn't think either trailer really showed us much that was new. And in terms of the Suicide Squad thing, I'm really surprised they didn't show us any gameplay considering they showed us the first trailer a year ago. Because what's strange about that as well, when they announced these two games last year, they showed a lengthy trailer for Gotham Knights and they showed us gameplay, which was last year. So I'm yeah. just wondering where the gameplay thing is for Suicide Squad. Yeah. The Suicide Squad did show us a bit more. It showed us some glimpses of like Wonder Woman, I think Green Lantern, Flash and uh, Superman. Yeah. I think we saw the Batmobile, but they didn't show Batman himself. It's going to be interesting how that works because obviously it's like the, the Brainiac mind control thing, I think is, is happening, isn't it? Yeah. Just judging from the title itself, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, I wonder how they're supposed to do that, which has been a question that I've seen asked from a lot of different people. I mean, especially just just from Superman alone, like he could probably kill them quite easily. So we'll see see how that sort of works. I mean, especially for the Suicide Squad thing, they showed us a glimpse of the characters. I guess that was a new thing that we got, but not too much else from that. But then it is from uh, Rocksteady and they've done, of course, a tremendous job with the Batman game. So I still very much have the trust there that they're going to do a good job. It's just I would have liked to have seen... at least a bit of gameplay. But with the Gotham Knights, I mean, 
they showed kind of a bit of what they showed last year, which was, yeah, we know that the uh, the Court of Owls are there. They didn't show us any particular new gameplay, although the, the gameplay they showed us last year was actually quite surprisingly long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I was a bit surprised by both of them. I know what you mean. That seems to be generally the comment was story trailers all fine, but they just didn't show any more real gameplay in either of them, which I think was a surprise to quite a lot of people. Considering both games are due out at some point next year, I think. I mean, uh, we know sure, yeah. we know games slip quite a lot. So um, mm. I'm kind of interested more possibly in the Gotham Knights game at this point because I think the Court of Owls thing is quite interesting and the ability to play as sort of, you know, Robin and Nightwing and Red Hood. That I, I quite like the idea of. It's WB Games Montreal that are developing that. Who yeah. did Arkham they did Origins. They did the prequel. Yeah, yeah, they did Arkham Origins. That was a good game, actually. I yeah, like that. they did Arkham Origins, whereas Rocksteady are the people that did the main Arkham games. I believe the Suicide Squad game is actually set in the sort of same universe as the Batman I Arkham think so. series, is the idea. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Suicide Squad game will be quite good fun. And I mean, it's got King Shark in it, which is always good as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, you've got Harley back voiced by Tyra Strong. And, you know, so I think... Is she the same voice actress from the Arkham series? Yes. Tyra did a lot, if not all, of the Batman Arkham games, definitely. Okay, that um, makes sense. Then. And she's she's done a whole bunch of other DC properties as well. So both games look kind of interesting. I would like to have a little bit more gameplay footage for both of them as well though great that we got the story trailers but you know with Gotham Knights we have a rough idea of how it works but we don't with Suicide Squad because mm-hmm. we can kind of make the assumption that alright you might switch between them because it's a group thing but we haven't seen how that works and I just want to see how it does work yes so. you know, story trailers are all great but given that these are both supposed to release next year it would be nice to get some idea of the game mechanics and how they're actually going to be able to sort of work and mm. yeah so anyway there was uh, story trailers for both Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League they are up that was the main sort of gaming bit there was an announcement from Milestone Media which is one of the DC imprints they announced a couple of interesting things from the TV side as well as announcing something called the Milestone Initiative which is a mentoring program essentially it's designed to identify support and elevate emerging diverse writers and artists within the comic book industry which had traditionally always been a problem within the comic book industry so something that Milestone is heavily involved with and you can go and find out more about that online that's the Milestone initiative they did announce on the uh, TV and film side that they are currently got uh, Randy McKinnon who wrote Safety currently writing a script for a Static Shock feature film which is in production with Warner Brothers and Michael B. Jordan's Outlier Society they also announced that Warner Brothers Animation and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment are working on a Milestone animated movie based on a screenplay by Hardware Season 1 writer Brandon Thomas. So there is a a Hardware animated film coming. And uh, on the comic book side, they also announced there's an all-new Blood Syndicate comic book series in the work for 2022. They also said they've got some new collective volumes of all the original Milestone media stuff coming out. So if you were 
too young to read the milestone stuff when it initially came out. They're going to be like collective volumes and stuff of that going to be around as well. Because Milestone was sort of independent and then they came under the banner of DC. Then I think one of the founders dies and there was sort of some arguments and they all ended up collapsing and now they kind of came back and reformed and stuff. I don't really know the Milestone stuff particularly well, but uh, it's nice to see. I know Static Shock particularly has has a huge following, so um, it's really good to see that they uh, are actually doing stuff with that. Yeah, it sounds like a, a pretty good thing. Um, obviously, you said this is aimed more towards diverse storytelling, which is which is very, very good as well. This Milestone thing isn't something I'm familiar with, but once we learn more about it and like they start releasing some things, I'll uh, try and uh, have a look at it. It's a really interesting company. Uh, Robert Kirkman's History of Comics series that went out on mm-hmm. Sky over here. They actually did an episode on Milestone Media, which is really, really interesting about sort of the rise and fall and rise of the company and that whole sort of setup and stuff. That's a really interesting episode. That whole series is fascinating, actually, if you're into your comic books, that the sort of secret history of comic books, I think it was called. That is a really interesting series to go and watch. In terms of the TV stuff, there's animated things and live action stuff coming. So on the animated side, Catwoman Hunted, which is a new animated feature. That's uh, Catwoman attempts to steal a priceless jewel that puts her squarely in the crosshairs of both a powerful consortium of villains and the ever-resourceful Interpol, not to mention Batwoman. That is a n- one animated film coming. They did show a little trailer for that. They showed an animated clip for the Injustice movie, which is based on the video game and the subsequent comic book. I mean, that shows you how big that game got that they actually made a comic book and then Mm, made a... So there's that. Young Justice Phantoms also surprisingly dropped the first two episodes of that, which is the next iteration of the Young Justice cartoon. That has the first two episodes dropped onto HBO Max in the US. Not sure where that's landing in the UK or if that's landing in the UK. Young Justice is one thing that sort of bypassed me and I have got access to some of the episodes. I need to go and actually kind of watch them. But uh, Hmm. first two episodes of that dropped out of nowhere apparently are now on HBO Max in the US. And they also showed off some clips and bits and pieces for Batman Cape Crusader, which is an all-new animated series, but it's what makes me really excited for this is it's from Bruce Timm, J.J. Abrams and Matt Reeves. And uh, Bruce Timm was one of the guys behind Batman the Animated Series, which, I mean, he's pretty much hailed as one of the best adaptations in any media of Batman. So this is a sort of new version of that. And they're basically they've been saying it's very dark very kind of noir based around those sort of classic detective series the animation looks really stunning for it i i'm really interested to see where they go with this it's sort of and it's not like a whole bunch of different characters it's very much batman in the early days on his own that sort of stuff i'm really interested to see more of that but there is a trailer for that i think although certainly some footage and bits and pieces for that flying around online so i think out the animated stuff that's the thing that has me most interested yeah i didn't particularly see too many i did see the catwoman trailer on youtube i never got around to actually clicking on it but yeah i think that injustice film is is out very very soon i've heard some slightly disappointing things about it but i'm still intrigued to watch it because i did really like the game the story was actually quite good for it especially in the uh the second game uh and you could kind of choose i think it was two different endings and stuff young justice i never quite got round to and everything and 
and now it's just sort of into loads of different seasons. But this Batman thing, like you said, sounds uh, kind of interesting. So I might look out for that. Yeah, certainly the, out of all the animated stuff, that is um, one that I've definitely been keeping an eye out for. Young Justice, there are a few seasons kicking around on things like Apple TV to buy and they're on Google Play. They're on Amazon, I think, but they're all to buy rather than be free streaming things somewhere. So moving on to the live action stuff, uh, the big announcement in terms of the Arrowverse thing was that uh, The Flash gets some gold boots in the eighth season. That seems to be their, their, their big announcement by that. I rather get the feeling that this will be the final season of The Flash. I'm not convinced that they've got that much more going for it yeah, yeah. at the moment. It looks to be the final iteration of the costume with the gold boots, which have always been a trademark. It's made Grant Gustin very happy because it's something that Grant has been aiming for for a very long time. Like, I want the gold boots. They posted a photo of the new costume and it looks really good, I think. It looks like a really solid final sort of iteration of that costume. I would not be surprised if they do at some point announce that the eighth season will be the last one of it. I don't know. I just get the feeling that I think Grant is maybe done now you know <laughs> yeah and you already lost a couple of cast members last season yeah surprisingly it took eight seasons to get to these boots I just wonder if he's going to use his powers next season well uh... yeah that would be nice um, <laughs> I mean we've talked a bit about this over the last few episodes but certainly I mean watching this week I think part of the problem nothing against the cast I think the writing just hasn't been great and they're trying to do too much it's like they've got four disparate storylines running right now there's kind of a main plot a subplot but then there are two other storylines which have no connection to anything else and seem completely unnecessary the one storyline with Joe and the person that is now running Central City Police and there's sort of a bad guy which she's chasing after but that seems to have zero connection to anywhere in the main story and then you've got the one member of Team Flash and her sister and trying to save her and that has no connection to the main story the entire show could run without those two storylines and it would make absolutely no difference to the overarching plot of that yeah, entire yeah. thing it's like they're throwing things in to give characters something to do without bothering to interweave it in any way we talk a bit about Walking Dead which has three or four plots running at the same time but at least they are connected and they manage to balance it fairly well I think the problem with The Flash is it trying to run like four completely individual plots and you're like, why are you doing this? It's like the writers have ADHD. You know, they just need to focus on one thing and keep it going forward. I hope mm. that gets sorted or, out. Or it almost feels like, hey, we have 20-something episodes and let's try and do as much as we can and fill out all the episodes instead of, like like you said, focusing on a couple of storylines. Because I remember what they used to do. They don't seem to really have done this in even the last two seasons. They used to have it. So the first, like, seven or eight episodes was, like, one villain and you'd slowly set up another villain throughout that season and you'd lead up to a, a crossover. That was usually the first half of the season. Then you'd have the mid-season finale. Then you'd have the crossover, which would then lead into the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Then that second half of the season would either finish the first half season's villain story off or start off with another one. So you ha- actually had two halves to the season, which was broken up in the middle by a, a very cool crossover. Obviously with this season, it didn't have a crossover so they never really stopped they just sort of kept going with the episodes yeah 
because I've been asking Robert like on our first podcast and stuff like do, do you remember that Blood, Bloodworth Bloodwork character yes, like yeah. he, he went into some sort of chamber or something and then we never saw him again <laughs> yeah uh, and it's like okay that could have been kind of an interesting plot to do but the problems haven't been as glaring I mean Batwoman's had like a lot of problems but that's to do with the whole stupid re- the way they handled the recasting yeah but the Flash has kind of been the more glaring one that's like had those problems be a bit more obvious yeah but you know season eight's a fresh season and they can they can start fresh a bit more plus they got the armageddon thing yeah i was gonna say i mean season eight kicks off with not a crossover crossover so it's got a bunch of the other characters coming in as uh, as a sort of big event thing at the start so i am quite looking forward to that but i mean yeah Mm. it would not surprise me if this ends up being the final season season eight but we'll see in terms of the other arrowverse connected shows they did do a couple of bits and pieces they got 100 episodes in 100 seconds for legends because legends is coming up to its 100th episode so that, that was quite fun sort of basically taking snippets out of every single episode there was a video that they did for that they did a tour of the kent farm with the cast of superman and lois and uh, they did a peek of the next episode of star girl which is uh, currently going out on amazon in the uk that's been really good this season as well i've quite enjoyed that there were a few different bits and pieces just not a whole lot in terms of the uh, the other Arrowverse shows they also showed a clip of uh, Batwoman season three which has Alice and Batwoman working together which I'm glad they've kind of kept Alice around because she was one of the funniest characters on that show oh if they had got rid of Alice that show would have been far worse than what it already is yeah because she's definitely one of the more interesting characters yeah I still like a few of the others like Luke's really interesting I do like Ryan she's she's quite cool yeah uh, but some of the other characters are just not very interesting they're introducing i think killer croc and mad hatter in the new season as well so i don't know we'll see where it goes with the third season of batwoman one of the interesting things in terms of those in fact the the whole dc fandom panel the sky tv twitter account was tweeting along going oh this is great this is really cool including with shows like superman and lois and batwoman saying oh this is this is really interesting you know they were posting things with it which I mean is a little weird I, so I don't know whether it's just the person who happened to be in control of the Sky TV Twitter account is a big DC fan and just decided to do it or whether that's a signal that maybe there is something coming up an announcement they haven't made yet because obviously particularly when they posted about Superman and Lois you know and, and all it was was them sort of reposting and commenting on the things that have been released from the DC fandom hashtag but it seemed a little weird that you're kind of commenting on shows which you don't as far as we're aware own at the moment and I mean they were doing it with the movies as well you know and all those announcements and they did it with Peacemaker which as far as we're aware doesn't have a UK home at the moment so yeah that was a little strange I have reached out to Sky to see if I can find if there is whether they tell me or not at this point I don't know but whether there's maybe some announcement coming up about that but yeah it did, was did a you say odd. did you say Batwoman as well yes they commented oh, which on, is on E4 which so. is on E4 as far as we're aware at the moment so I don't know we don't know whether that's a hint towards anything or whether it's just like they're a huge fan we'll have to wait and see with that 
One of the other things that went up was there was a 20th anniversary chat of Smallville. I can't believe Smallville's 20 years old, but uh, there was a 20th anniversary chat with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum, which was hilarious because they're always really funny together. That was really fun. And uh, a few messages from the other cast members. One notable exception, obviously, because she's doing time right now. But uh, so oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rest of the cast, that was like glossed over entirely <laughs> in the entire thing. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the the rest of the cast were kind of there and like, you know, making messages and stuff. And they actually had an interview with Tom and Michael. So uh, that was really fun. There was a panel for that. They showed a little clip of the opening of Naomi, which is this new DC TV series with Casey Walthall also introducing this clip, which is very much like the sort of comic books of it's her in a classroom. And I think she runs a school newspaper and gets this notification that Superman's been spotted downtown or there's something big going on with Superman and she kind of runs outside and then collapses on the street. You see Superman fly overhead, so you don't see see Superman. You see this sort of blur go across above her. That looks quite interesting, and I'll be interested to see a bit more of that. I like the Naomi comic books, so um, that will be an interesting one to see. And again, we don't know where that's going to land. It's a CW show in the US. They got a new clip from Peacemaker as well, and the Sandman, they showed a first look at Gwendolyn Christie, who is going to be playing Lucifer on the Sandman series that was their, their one little Sandman reveal that's up on the website if you want to go and see that I didn't bother to check out the uh, Peacemaker clip I'm not concerned about that TV series at all The Suicide Squad didn't sell me on that character at all not anything against like John Cena uh, I think he does a good job with the, the things he's been in recently but I would have much preferred like a Blood was it Bloodsport it, yeah. Shelby's character like if you did a show for him or almost any of those other characters I have no interest in the in in the peacemaker thing okay i i would have quite liked to have seen a blood sport thing that would have been quite cool but yeah although the peacemaker thing was announced months even before the uh film came out so we've been aware of that for a while in terms of the movie side of things they showed a trailer for dc league of super pets which is a animated comic adventure that brings the likes of crypto and ace and bat hound to film for the first time it's got dwayne johnson kevin hart Vanessa Bayer, John Krasinski, Diego Luna, Natasha Leon, Kate McKinnon and Keanu Reeves doing voices for it. It's out on May 20th, 2022. That just sounds like it's going to be a lots of silly fun. So uh, Hmm. very good cast. Great voice cast. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. They dropped a little bit of chat about the Blue Beetle movie, which had the directors and star on there. It's an all Latinx team behind it and starring in because he's a Latin American superhero in the the iteration that they're using because it's the Jamie Reese iteration that they're using. They're saying it's fun, humorous, but also rich with feelings. They did show a sort of snazzy piece of concept art of the Blue Beetle suit, but there wasn't really much else they talked about. That's kind of very early development, that. Batgirl, they had an interview with actress Leslie Grace and writer Christina Hudson and the directors as well. So they talked about bringing Barbara Gordon to life and being the lead in her own film. 
the only real bit of news that came out of that was that Batgirl will have the full cowl and red hair in the movie. They kind of showed some concept art of the Batgirl suit, although it's drawing from way, way away. So you don't really see anything in huge amounts of detail. But I mean, hmm. it looked like Batgirl pretty much for that. Yeah. In terms of the big movies, there was a bit of behind the scenes stuff for the second Shazam movie. There was an intro for Black Adam, which is what they kicked everything off with which i thought was really good i really enjoyed that sort of intro it was sort of showing these archaeologists finding this thing and seemingly waking black adam and then he kind of holds one of them up and just disintegrates him that i thought was awesome and i'm very interested to see that film but i think that's going to be quite intriguing surely he's got to meet shazam at some they're supposed to be each other's enemies aren't they black adam yes. and, and shazam yes they so because you've got zachary levi as Shazam so yeah. I'm hoping that once we get the second Shazam film and uh, Black Adam that they will uh, fight each other yeah I so. mean th- there was always originally the plan was to have Black Adam show up in Shazam but then that never happened they made their own film so mm. I-, I think yes assuming this all goes okay I rather suspect you're going to have Shazam and Black Adam as a- the third Shazam film I would think they showed some of the Flash movie that was really funny because you had Ezra Miller there sort of basically going oh well you know we're still in production we haven't got any kind of stuff to show you we haven't got a trailer and then proceeds to show a trailer basically so it's not like a full trailer it's more of a sort of sneak peek at it but it does show quite a lot I mean you get like a new light up version of the flash suit there's an alt version of Barry in there that appears to have kind of made his own version of the flash suit out of a bat suit as far as we can tell you get a little bit of Supergirl in there. There is a very, very obvious shot of Michael Keaton without showing Michael Keaton, but it is clearly the back of the Michael Keaton Batman cowl. And it ends with him about to pull a cloth off a Batmobile. And if anybody knows the 1989 Batman movie, that is clearly the 1989 Batmobile underneath that cloth. So despite the fact that saying there wasn't a trailer, there was a lot of very trailer-like interestingly reveals in that footage. That has be really excited for that movie i think it's going to be really cool so that's going to be a really really interesting it's definitely at least going to be i don't know if it's going to be good or bad but it's definitely going to be interesting yes just because of the wild journey this film has been on yeah the original version we were supposed to get was supposed to be what 2018 yeah and now we're in 2021 and it's like a different film now because it wasn't going to be a flashpoint film in 2018 it was going to be a solo follow-up to justice league but uh we, we all know how how that kind of went so it's been, it's been quite i Again, even with the with DCEU's whole journey since 2017, sure it's gone quite bad, but sometimes good in you know read good films from from DC since then. But the, the planning's obviously kind of been thrown out the window. But it's been kind of at least interesting to to watch all that unfold, like with the Snyder Cut and Justice League and the Flash film getting changed. And because to my knowledge, we weren't even going to have Batman or this Supergirl or anything in uh, the 2018 film. I think yeah. we were going to have uh, Ray Fisher's Cyborg, and we we know how that kind of went right yeah so it's, it's almost like an entirely different film and they've had what six different five or six different directors they've, they've settled like on they've settled on andy now who is the, the director of uh it i think the first part so again i this could turn out to be a train wreck it could be really really good but 
but I don't know at, at the moment. Yeah. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting, at least, to, to yes. see how it all unfolds. Uh, I am quite interested to see uh, Sasha Cully's Supergirl, though. Mm-hmm. So we, we got a little snippet of her. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see, because they've got like these two, well, they have actually got two Bruce Waynes, because Ben Affleck's <laughs> going to be in this as well. I don't yeah. know what part that's going to play. But you've also got, yeah, it looks like two Barry Allens. And I'm kind of wondering... If you're going to have two Barry Allens and one of them's going to be evil, why haven't you just cast a reverse Flash, which would have well, made we, a bit more sense? We don't necessarily know if the other one's evil or it's just a sort of out version of yeah. uh, Barry. I mean, we we don't know exactly. We know it's based around the Flashpoint story, which is Barry goes back, which, I mean, you know, if you've seen the TV show, which also based something on the Flashpoint. But, you know, Barry mm. goes back, tries to save his mother, screws up the timeline, and you end up with a, this entirely different world. And it's... In this particular, in the comic book iteration, it ends up that Bruce was actually killed rather than his parents and Thomas becomes Batman. Thomas the father becomes Batman instead. So I, we don't know whether that's the version that we're going to end up with or whether they're going to take a slightly different tack with this. And then, like I say, we've got this alt version of Barry, but we don't know whether he's kind of good or evil. They certainly seems to be working with Barry in this version. We don't know whether there's, you know, presumably there may be a reverse flash in here as well mm. so we'll have to see how it turns out either way like you say whether it's a train wreck or whether it actually works it's going to be interesting and it has the potential to reorder some stuff in the dceu which desperately needs doing so yeah we'll see it, where that goes it's either going to do that or it's going to fall apart yeah. um because with it just with what we've just discussed in the last couple of minutes here you've got to write this thing really well yeah because there's there's just there's just too many different variables and you've got to make sure this comes together i've been talking to my friend for, for a while called barry he's a huge huge dc fan and while he's still excited for this because obviously he's a dc fan he has said that like dc isn't really equipped to do this right now and they need to be really really careful because if you're kind of leaning on this film a lot to reset your um, well, dc yeah. film franchise you've got to be really careful of what you do with this and I mean in terms of the because obviously we got the the Batman we'll talk about in a minute which is outside of the DCEU you got the question afterwards as to okay you've got Michael Keaton in there you don't really expect him to do the crime fighting and be the main Batman then you've got Ben Affleck's Batman who's on the way out so you've also got to figure out who's going to be Batman in this thing or I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, well, that's yeah. the thing. There are rumours that Michael Keaton's Batman might be staying around. Ben's been making noises about how much fun he had playing Batman in the Flash movie. So mm. I, we don't know. We honestly don't know what's going to happen mm. moving forward. But I mean, that has potential to reshape a lot of the current DCEU stuff. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, certainly yeah. there is, it's interesting, that film. There is a lot of interest around that film yeah that's that's the word i'd use yes yeah. one thing i'm really looking forward to seeing next year we're gonna have three different people on screen playing batman yeah. and i can't wait to see people online trying to figure out who's the main one and why or what's going on with yeah. with that uh so but that'll be that would just be fun to to follow yes so absolutely. it might not be good but it'll be interesting and fun to follow yes and, so- and to see warner brothers try to figure it all out <laughs> Yeah, the last one, of course, is the third person that we've got playing Batman, which uh-huh. is Robert Patterson, who is in Matt Reeves' The Batman. This trailer was utterly spectacular. Um, yes. I mean, it looks incredible. If you know the Batman Year One comic book, 
it seems very, very heavily to lean on that. This version of Batman is dark, he's violent, he's gritty, he's unhinged. And Matt Reeves described him as a sort of reckless rock star in a decaying manner. And just cool. this just, I think, looks like the version of the Batman that I've been waiting for. It's interesting because the Nolan stuff has always been said, oh, it's dark and it's gritty, but this seems very kind of grounded is possibly not the right word because it is a lunatic in a bat suit, but they are very much playing up of this guy is a lunatic in a bat suit. Um, mm. It is very much leaning into that. And some of the shots in it, I mean, there is a shot where he's he's basically just ripping through bad guys. It's almost <laughs> like the Darth Vader corridor scene at one point yeah, where yeah. he just walks through and they're shooting at him and the bullets are just bouncing off him. And he's just completely destroying people. It's spectacular, this trailer. It just looks really, really phenomenal. It's a very different version of Batman to anything we've seen before. I'm hugely interested in this. And that this trailer really has just amped me up. I mean, the reaction across the board to it seems to have been, this looks spectacular. So I'm really interested in seeing this. Yeah, I thought this trailer was phenomenal. It really gave us, I thought, what we, we always was, was waiting for and what we wanted. I like the way they're going to be digging into kind of Batman and Bruce's mental health and the psychology of all that and the balancing of Bruce Wayne and Batman and how, like you said, kind of unhinged he sort of is because Batman is quite a dark gritty character because there's two kind of sides to the DC thing right Superman's the sort of the light heart and the hope and you know the, the symbol of hope and all mm-hmm. that and and the one that the public looks at and and then Batman's the kind of you know night in darkness that's sort of you know the, the the Batman in in the dark streets and the one that takes out the gritty criminals and the the dark nights as he's named uh, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that in this and I think it's interesting because you you did mention obviously the the Nolan trilogy, which kind of leans into that darker edge, but I think this taking a bit, uh, a much younger yeah approach to Bruce and he's or, or to Bruce and to Batman, I think is going to be really really cool. I'm going to say this all too right now, and I've been saying this for for over years. Zoe Kravitz is going to destroy this role as as, <laughs> as Catwoman because yeah. I, I know not everybody watched Big Little Lies, which she was in, and she had a particular I'll just say particular storyline for season two. Mm-hmm. And the very moment I read the first article where it said Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman I just sat there and said yes like yeah. this this is this is going to work and seeing her a bit more fully in this trailer and seeing her actually talk to Bruce or to, to Batman a bit more watch out for for her performance because as much as I'm very excited to see everyone else because you've got like Jeffrey Wright in here and you've got uh, Colin uh, Farrell I think his name is yeah. as much as those and Robert's going to be a big standout as, as Batman and Bruce I think he's going to be amazing I, I think Zoe is going to be one that really really surprises a lot of people are you, are you familiar with her too much yes i've seen uh, her in a few I, i've seen her in a few different things um i think she's going to be superb in this it was interesting actually because they actually did a chat before they showed the trailer and it was matt reeves zoe and robert doing the chat together so uh-huh. they've definitely sort of are, are pushing her as almost a not a co-lead but certainly up there as one of the other main characters in it and again her catwoman seems very much based on the Batman year one Catwoman of being not just a thief she's out sort of more 
to protect her corner of Gotham. You know, there is police brutality and stuff that is going on with the Gotham police and gangs of thugs roaming around. And she basically almost becomes a sort of vigilante that will do anything to make sure that the people that she's trying to protect in the area of Gotham that she's trying to protect will survive. And that seems to be the version that they're going with. And she fits it so, so well. I'm really, really interested to see that. I'm very hyped for that. And uh, I hope it lives up to it, but I think it will. I mean, certainly the trailer looked spectacular. So I think that's Mm. going to be really good. And that's pretty much where they ended the DC fandom stuff. So there was yeah, lots put, and lots of stuff. They put it at the end, didn't yeah, they? Well, yeah. Made everyone wait for it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, a great way to end as well. And I mean, that was uh, really superb. A lot of that stuff is up on the website if you want to go and uh, check out any of the bits that we've talked about. So you can go and find that up there. There was a couple of other little news stories that popped out not relating to DC. One of them is uh, Apple TV has ordered a new comedy from Jason Siegel and the team behind Ted Lasso, which I mentioned earlier. It's called Shrinking. It follows a grieving therapist played by Jason Siegel who starts to break the rules and tell his clients exactly what he thinks. Ignoring his training and ethics, he finds himself making a huge tumultuous changes to people's lives, including his own. This feels a bit like Ricky Gervais's afterlife almost but with a therapist in the lead kind of has that vibe to it it's brett goldstein who is uh, one of the stars and writers on ted lasso and um bill lawrence is roy yeah yeah and uh bill lawrence who behind ted lasso but was also behind things like scrubs and spin city and cougar town as well so i mean he's got a huge list of comedies behind him so uh, i like jason siegel a lot he's co-developing it with the ted Lasso guys Ted Lasso's been a huge hit I mean this seems like a no-brainer <laughs> you know I think this is a great thing for them to order you know mm. and, and as I say Ted Lasso does come to an end after three seasons this looks to be the next thing they're going on to I'm really interested by this and there's a team behind this that I definitely trust with the Ted Lasso team yeah this is uh, I think going to be really good the other bit of news that we've got for this week which we talked a little bit about on the Walking Dead podcast Tales of the Walking Dead has been ordered by AMC which is a new anthology series set in the Walking Dead universe. So it's an episodic anthology series, so each episode will be slightly different. Basically, will allow them to do episodes which take both new and established characters in the world of The Walking Dead and be able to sort of expand and show one-off little bottle episode stories, basically, about each of them. That's the idea of it. It's got Channing Powell, who's been a writer-producer on Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead as showrunner on it, working, of course, closely with head zombie Baker Scott Gimble is uh, Chief Content <laughs> Officer of The Walking Dead. He's also working behind it because he tries to interweave everything together. They've initial season of six episodes supposed to go into production in early next year. So that has been ordered. More Walking Dead stuff. Yep, should be good. We did talk about it last week and stuff. But it'll be a good way to show how kind of flexible The Walking Dead could be because it doesn't have to always be about those main characters. That's no. obviously the, the comic book side of things. But even as we've seen a little bit less successfully with Fear and a little bit more successfully with World Beyond can still do other stories with uh, different characters and stuff yeah they've shown a range of sort of you know some of the bottle episodes have been quite good it's just where they've actually been in the main show run have been a problem you know we got a sort of taste of how this could work with some of those sort of six kind of treading water episodes that they added to the end of last season on the main Walking Dead we've had 
interesting bottle episodes throughout. I mean, the the last episode of that, the Here's Negan episode, was superb. And I think that is the sort of thing that you're looking at as probably what's going to end up in Tales of the Walking Dead. So, yeah, um, yeah I think they could do some really interesting stuff with this and gives them another area to play around with. And if it means it takes more of the bottle episodes out of the main show run, great. You know, <laughs> that'd yeah. be good. So that's all the news we've got for this week. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. Next week on TV, there's lots and lots of stuff starting. Kicking off with uh, American Horror Story Double Feature, which is season 10. That's landing finally on uh, Star and Disney Plus. That's on the 20th of October. So that's the latest American Horror Story. Shetland returns for a sixth season. That's on BBC One, 20th of October at 9pm. Duncanville is back for its second season. That's going out 20th of October at 10pm on E4. I think the first season ran on Channel 4, but uh, the second season's going out on E4. Also on E4 on the 20th of October, Young Sheldon. That's coming at 9pm on E4, so that will be back. Over on Netflix, we have the second season of Lock and Key. That's coming the 22nd of October. I'm glad to have that back, although I've still got half of the first season to get through on that. Mm. Apple TV Plus have got another sci-fi series called Invasion, which is set across multiple continents and follows an alien invasion through multiple perspectives around the world. That's coming to Apple TV on on the 22nd of October. Leverage Redemption, the first season of that, comes to the IMDb TV streaming service. That's a free streaming service you can get off Amazon. You don't need an Amazon Prime account to get it. That's on the 22nd of October. That's Leverage Redemption. Netflix have Dynasty Season 4. That's starting on the 22nd of October as well. Then we have Curb Your Enthusiasm coming for an 11th season. That's on Sky Comedy on the 25th of October at 9pm. The Outlaws, which is the new comedy series from Stephen Merchant, which follows seven strangers from different walks of life who are forced together to complete community service in Bristol. That's coming the 25th of October at 9pm on BBC One. That's The Outlaws. Insecure, fifth and final season, that comes to Sky Comedy on the 6th of October at 9pm. And Stuff Let's Flats is back for its third season on Channel 4. That's on the 26th of October at 10.15, they have announced. So that comedy returns. So lots and lots of things to get into next week on TV. If they want to find more of your stuff, where can they find you, Matt? You can go to entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us if you search for Entertainment Talk on podcast platforms. Still doing TV, video games, films, and Manchester United podcasts. So uh, take a look for all those. I'm sure we'll have some more reviews soon. I'm trying to figure out when to get out to watch certain films. And uh, if anybody wants a job, I think the Manchester United manager job will be available at some <laughs> point At some point soon. But no, you can find me on entertainmenttalk.org for all of those different things. Uh, me and David are still doing Walking Dead, which has wrapped up the 11A, I suppose it's called, first season. And we're doing uh, Well Beyond. And at some point today, or maybe a bit later, I'll... Uh, start doing the fear of the walking dead season seven so check all those out yep check all that stuff out over on entertainment talk for other people involved in the show you can of course find bex at twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s for lots of daily
daily streaming silliness and retro gaming and all that sort of stuff over there for Daryl you can go and find him over at hollywoodnorthnews.net for all those TV series you love which are shot in Canada for us if you want to see me in person actually I'm down at MCM Comic Con this weekend which is Friday, Saturday and Sunday so 22nd, 23rd and 24th so I will be wandering around Comic Con socially distancing from people I guess I don't know how that's going to work but yes we'll be down around MCM Comic Con in London at the weekend if you spot me and want to say hi for all this stuff if you want to visit the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, or on Instagram at geektown UK. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye bye. Goodbye. 